Happy, oh, right. happy Cinco de Mayo's. Here we are. Episode 32, Mainly Stupid Podcast, coming live from the studios. Here we go. And let's see here. What do we got? Um, it's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Got some margs going. I got a marg going. I have a diet got a, a <laughs> Coke, Coke Zero. Zero. Excuse me. Nice cigar. Probably came from Mexico, actually, if we're being honest. We just had tacos. We did just have some tacos. Carne asads. Uh, big props to neighbor Evan, who is apparently, like, number one of, like, he's, like, president of my fan club. I, I think so. Yeah. He's a big, he's, he's a big, uh, Hugh fan club. Like, <laughs> I've, I've met that man. This is the second time I've ever met him. And. He was ready to just chop it up. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think he's into me. Yeah. I mean, hey. I'm kind of into him. He's not unhandsome. that be yeah awkward silence here we go anyways so let's see here what do we have going on Cinco de Mayo yesterday was May the 4th be with yous what a fucking nerd day huh right and then what was uh, May 1st was or April 30th was like in sync or whatever it's gonna be May yeah tomorrow it's yeah. gonna be May yeah, it's then May the fourth. The only thing that I find funny about that is if you know, that's the way Mike Tyson says it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the date, Mike? May the fourth be with you. Yeah. I just don't like Star Wars Maybe. at all. I saw the original three, like the OG. See, that's that's Oh, we're going off. Let's on go. A fucking we're, just, we're just gonna fucking go. Because right now. That right there is my biggest argument. You come out with these three movies, you've got what, Star Wars, The Jedi Strikes Back, and The Empire Strikes Again or whatever it is. But yeah, whatever it might be. The or first three. The Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I probably just got murdered in the fucking Star Wars world Don't because give a of the flying fuck I about Do not anything. care. I'm just like Star Wars, what? more like Star Wars. So now, then, then, like when we were in grade school, they came out with the one with fucking Darth Maul there, or Anakin Skywalker, the little kid, whatever, with the double-ended star saber, double uh, D batteries, yeah. That thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's like, okay, so that's now that's the first movie. No, it's not. That's, no. that's not the first one. No. The, the first f- one was made in the 70s. The first three. That Those one, two, three. You can't just, you're not going to have a prequel. I don't like prequels if it's a movie I enjoy. Yeah, I have a hard time with any movie, so sequel-wise. if It could be the greatest movie on earth and my favorite movie, but if you come out with a prequel to it, that movie's going down in my notch. It, like, the original movie will go down a notch. For me... Because it was already good. Well, and do I? Well, it depends. Like if there's a if there's a good enough story there and it's done well enough, I could I could see it a time in which I I now I can't think of any prequel movie I actually fucking like. I don't know of too many sequel movies I like other than Bad Boys One, Bad Boys Two, Fast and the Furious, all the way up to Nine. Um, yeah, are amazing. Had, I mean, yeah, and you know what they didn't do? They didn't go back in time. 
I mean, they had some clips, yeah. you know, but they didn't. It's just like, come on. No, imagine well, if they you, imagine whole... Top Gun, your all-time favorite movie. See, this is why I didn't want to bring it up is because I'm not a fan of sequels in general. I know, but imagine if the sequel of Top Gun was a prequel. Yeah, but there's you don't need a prequel exactly. to that. Exactly. In most movies you don't need a prequel to. Right. I don't I don't go to the movie theater and see a movie and like, man, I hope they come out with a prequel to this. Well, and I mean, but like to the point of Star Wars, like there was some shit when you go back and you watch the first mo- the first Star Wars movie ever released. Right? You watch that The original. There is some fucking questions oh, that, yeah. that need to be answered. But but I didn't want to find them out 40 years later. And I don't want to... I'm already over it at that yeah, point. I would rather it have been like fucking Luke Skywalker sitting there in his fucking rocking chair with his grandkids going, here, let me read you this book and go back and explain yeah. shit that way. Like Princess Bride. Exactly. And, and uh, uh, King Humphrey or uh, whatever. I don't know. That. Like, that's... Howdy, that's, Maddie. It's just... It's awkward that every time I have mushrooms, I think of a guy from Wisconsin. But I don't eat mushrooms. I do now. I heard a cool story about mushrooms, and Matt, since you're listening, maybe you can. What kind of mushrooms? Chime in on this. Not. It's about growing mushrooms. Oh, okay. He grows a shit ton of mushrooms. A dude was telling me he uses biodegradable bar and chain oil. Puts mushroom spores in it, and then when he's out cutting trees, he's spreading mushrooms around. Huh. Can you confirm or deny that that actually works, Maddie Daddy? Maddie the Mushroom Daddy. He's Shiitake Creek. Shiitake Creek? I don't know, I just like to say Anybody with the name Matt, I like to call him Maddie Daddy. He's the Mushroom Daddy. I was trying to call, I was trying to get a buddy of mine named Matt. He was having a son, and I was trying to get him the name of Matthew Jr. And then I was like, we could call him Maddie Light. Built in. Right? Yeah. But he didn't go for it. No? No. That's weird. Named him after his grandfather, went with Sawyer. Huh. Yeah, I mean, good, good name. Good, strong name. But it was just like. We got a hmm, hmm. from Mr. William Matt, the Mushroom Man. Not awkward at all. All right. I mean. But can we spread mushrooms through bar and chain oil if you use veggie oil, essentially? That's essentially, it's not food grade, but. Maddie Light, not so bad. <laughs> you know what else isn't so bad? This fucking margarita. I gotta say, I'm a little jealous. I should have had a verge marg. But I then could, that's just like sour. I could just go squeeze you a bunch of limes and here, have some ice and some Sprite. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. It's possible. He says possible. All right. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, it's not like I'm going to go out and spread some chicken in the woods around. Like, I really don't care. But I, I just thought it was a cool way to do it. Not as effective as other methods. All right. Well, what if I ate some mushroom spores and then took a shit in various places? Probably would grow better. Built-in fertilizer. Truth. He, like, packs trees and has, like, mushroom, like, forests. He's... I 
he's, foraging is a big deal. Yeah, but he's like he's legitimately a mushroom farmer. Like that's what pretty he awesome. Deer do it all the time. See? Yeah, but when a deer shits, people are like, "Oh, deer poop." When a human does it in yeah. the middle of the woods, they're like, "Fuck!" Oh. <laughs> That's cool. Um, update on the turtle project. Yeah, how's your turtle drive to work? I actually went by it the other day. Almost rear-ended the fuck out of somebody. So this morning, so they've they've got the initial culvert in the road. Now I think they're working on, like, the entrance and the exit. They're also, they have a massive water pump just continually pumping water out of it because they got to be able to put riprap through it. And they can't have water in there while they're doing that. Um, They, uh... So, but this morning, so it's not paved over yet. So they just have dirt. Of course, we got fucking rain last night. So... Bit muddy, a bit bumpy. The fucking potholes. Like, I went slow over it, but the car's coming northbound. Like, there was a couple cars, like, I heard, like, I'm like, fuck! And you saw the just everything going up and down. I just, I... When we went through the other night, I don't even remember where the... Oh, it was when I brought Chad home. I was clipping right through there past yeah. the dump, and lady in front of me came to a dead fucking stop. I was like, you know, I mean... Okay, slow down a little bit, but you don't need to fucking make me fucking rear-end you. It wasn't bad the other day because it hadn't rained. Yeah. But now it's, hopefully, I assume they put more gravel over it. Probably not. Probably not. Because that would make sense. Just the whole project. Like, the guy that owns the land on either side of the project, like, they never contacted him. Really? Yeah. Like, never once contacted him but contacted his neighbor about parking their equipment on his on, on his, the on the neighbor's land. Yeah. And it's like okay, and this the guy that owns land on either side, um they they pl- uh they hay the fields. This is going to fuck his drainage. Oh yeah. So like he's like now I'm going to probably lose a bunch of my hay fields that nobody even told me that like I could have come up with a plan to divert some divert water. some water to make it easier for them and you know not fuck my my hay production that's already going to be fucked because of last year's drought right so it's just it's weird like I don't get it I don't it state 236 that stretch of 236 is a federally funded road yes and it's uh just contracted out to the state to the main department of transportation so it's actually federal federally funded by uncle joe well probably means that funding's getting cut that's like i mean all right we have no idea what just the fuck happened there so here we go we're back we're back on the podcast we're gonna try and get back streaming here in just a second um Anyways, yeah, so no idea where the fuck we just lost our shit, but, um. But we were at the Turtle Project. That's coming along. Um, 
turkey hunting. Ugh. So how was the turkey? You said you didn't go out today. A little fair weather turkeys. Yeah. And I didn't go out yesterday because I had some shit to do. Um, but Monday I went out, and I went out after work, and I walked. And I saw birds, but I just couldn't. I got to change my tactics. You got to make them come to you. Yeah, that's what I got to do. Now, how do we do that? How do I, we get I got to get some decoys. A decoy. Okay. Yeah. And I found out you can use electronic calls what for turkey f- hunting. Yes, you can. What are we doing here? What is happening? We are just in a bad spot right now, you. Why it won't let us back we on? We are having some technological issues. Maybe this will be the key. If this isn't the key, we're going to fucking flip it and reverse it. <laughs> All right. We're back live, maybe on the Instagrams. Okay. Yep. Okay. Back we're, live on the Instagram. We're coming back live on the Facebooks. Jesus Christ, was that a struggle? Thanks for everyone that's going to listen to this podcast and wonder who had a fucking right. stroke. Um, I don't know what happened. We just lost all power. So, anyways, we're back. Uh, so we need some decoys for the turkeys, huh? Yeah, I think that's going to be. I mean, everybody uses. They use turkey decoys and I and I get it but I just didn't have any I got a guy that's supposed to be bringing me some that I can borrow um but he just hadn't he's been busy and yeah. I'm not gonna hound him for it if he's gonna let me borrow something you know what I mean friggin come on back uh, Kai. so he uh <clears throat> but I haven't seen seen him yet so I I got to where I was hunting and I saw two toms immediately, and there was a couple hens off. So I parked the truck, got out, started kind of sneaking around the edge of the woods, and they walked into the woods. So I sneaked along to the edge of the woods where they went in, and I don't know if they just walked straight or something, caught yeah. sight of me or something like that, and I just never. Then I saw one, one more tom and a couple of hens go into the woods later on. But I walked... Like, I walked all the way across his field, up one side, and back, and then back to my truck. And when I got back up to my truck, which was parked up on a hill, I saw more birds, and they were booking it for the woods. So I walked back down, walked up, and back across, and down to where they went in. Totally, like, three miles. You know, it wasn't nice. in a consecutive line, but it was all together. A nice three-mile jaunt jaunt in the yeah. evening. And I tried sitting and calling. I tried going to where I thought maybe they were going to come out of the woods. Sat there. I couldn't even get one to call back. So They, they weren't in the mood? No, I don't think so. I think I got to hit them in the morning, and I got to hit them. I got to get them off the roost and then get a decoy. So the Tom thinks somebody else is trying to get in on his women. Get his w- woman. Yeah. We got lots of turkeys around here. I almost smoked one today. There's lots of turkeys everywhere. Like, we got... I'm surprised they don't fuck with the chickens. They just... They kind of don't mind each other. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But... We had a nice little hawk battle out front. We've got two small hawks. Yeah. Like, red tail or... I don't know what the fuck they really are. Probably... 
think Red Tails. Cooper's the small Hawks. Ones. Cooper's. Um, but they fucking they were after a squirrel today. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool to watch that squirrel run for his little fucking life. Like wow, squirrels are pretty. Or hawks are pretty cool birds. Hawks are pretty cool, except when they smash a chicken. Yeah, we don't like that. Don't like that at all. We're at fifteen to sixteen eggs a day. Fucking production is up. They are cranking. Because our fridge at work is full, always full. We've got. You guys need to advertise more. I don't think you know enough. People know enough that you guys sell farm fresh eggs. So what we do when we end up with a bunch is we donate them to the food pantry. Well, that's nice of you. So we do that. We've been doing that like once a week. They come and load up laundry baskets. Yeah. Make a little room. But normally it's not a problem. Like we we just have a constant flow of eggs going through. We're at the point. We got our summer customers back, so... We got one that goes four dozen a week, and then another one. What do you mean eggs are daylight sensitive? Chicken Chickens lay on daylight. So the longer the daylight, the more likely they yeah. are to produce eggs, yeah. That's why you put a light on them. Or you put a light in the coop in the winter. Fucking freak them out. I think Matt knows. Matt's a smart man. He's a savant. He, you know, he actually spent some time in this great state of Maine. Did he? He was a whitewater rafting guide. Where? Up on the fucking Kennebec. For Northern Outdoors? I think so. Maddie, where'd you, where'd you raft? We should just get him on the podcast one night. I thought that was a goal at one point. It, it is a goal. The thing is, he's at a farmer's market right now, unless it's raining. And if it's not raining, I mean... Let's fucking set up a Zoom right now and have you come right in. Is it raining, Matt? I think we could sell the shit out of some mushrooms for you. Are you at? I did a fucking bang up job. I was the right hand man that just went to get beer. That is a job I am built for. I could sell mushrooms. Oh yeah. I don't even. I don't even need to eat them. I could just. I could talk somebody that's never had a shiitake into. Eat the shiitake. Well, you see, the Penobscot and the Kennebec is where he was. But what outfit? What outfitter? Were you one of them? Were you one of them pirate rafters like they talk about on Northern uh, North Northwoods Law? Oh, he doesn't have a market today. Fucking zoom it, pal. You want to go on a zoom right now, bud? I don't even know what the man looks like. It's a man of mystery. He's probably one of those guys that does a Zoom call but doesn't turn on the video. And just come in and talk to us. Yeah. Well, I, I don't care how long ago it was. What outfitter? Yeah. What was the name of the outfitter? Was it Northern Outdoors? Was it North Country Rafters? I can't remember the name. Oh. You were a pirate rafter. Yep. Probably one of those guys I saw in Northwoods Law. I got addicted to watching Northwoods Law for a little bit, and now I'm just out. Yeah, because you thought you were going to be on it. It's still a chance. You take your time. We'll set, Maddie. I'll, 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 I'll hit you up. We can do it any, yeah, uh, any night of the to. week. We could record one and then 
get it out there. Um, Northern something. Northern Outdoors. Yeah, it must have been Northern Outdoors. Good place. You know they have this. They have a special main guides test for just rafting fucking stoners. Yeah, because they don't want to. They don't want to actually make them pass something hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, just bro, a little left, man. Well, bro, just make sure your life vest's on tight, because if this thing goes in, fucking see ya. I've met some like because a lot of the rafting guides will work at the bar and the restaurant. Yeah. Stuff up there during the winter, some of them are pretty cool, and some of them are also fly fishing guides. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a group, large diversity of what you can get in rafting yeah. guides. You can get the, the stoner ski bum. Yeah. You can get the outdoorsman, the consummate outdoorsman, or you can just get fucking, this is all I can do because. My parents stopped paying for my. Yeah. My rental. <laughs> uh the uh, one of the guides up there, he actually so he's a bartender at the place, and then he then he uh, then he does fly fishing trips during the summer. He has his own fly fishing outfit, but he advertises through more than outdoors. Yeah, and so a day full day trip on the Kettyback, you leave at like five in the morning so you could get out on the water before they release water for the day for the day uh fucking rafters for the rafters yeah and it's like 400 bucks it's not bad like for the day yeah and you're in a drift boat and he says we typically catch you know anywhere from on us on an average day we'll catch like a hundred fish yeah between two guys well, you brought up the Snake River. We were talking about that oh, last night. dude. <laughs> I am all in on going to Idaho. Yeah. I, like, it, that, it's just, I, just watching the fucking, just the video there. I'm like, look at, that looks like easy to get to. It looks like, like, easily accessible. Yeah, you could drive right down to the river. That's just. And, like, there's trailheads everywhere. There's shit going on fucking everywhere. Maddie says he wants to. So the lake, baby's in bed. All right, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, I do. Actually, yeah, no, I do. Where's going to be? Idaho is fucking dope. Like that just it made my my bucket list. Sixty three hundred fish per mile. It's a couple. Just I mean. That's a few. That's a few. But it also made me think, how many fish do you think are in the Piscataqua River at, like, prime striper season? I mean, per mile, a shit ton. Yeah. Like, there's a shit ton of fish in that river. Like, because, like, that's the thing that's, like, kind of deceiving where it's, like, um, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, shit. Hold on. All right. How'd you meet Mushroom Matt? Uh, Twitter. All right. Yeah. So I have no idea if this is going to work. 6,300 uh, fish. And then they were talking about, so they want you to keep as many rainbow trout as possible. Yeah. Because 
that is they're dangerous to the population of cutthroat trout. Correct. And so the Idaho Fish and Game has started putting. Here, we're gonna end the live on Bookface. Or hold on, I gotta send. Okay. Yes, you keep talking. Uh, Sounds the, good. The Idaho Fish and Game have started putting tags in fish with these things at the boat ramps that you keep the heads of the fish and then you put them in this thing at the boat ramp with your contact information and then somebody goes and scans all these heads and some of them are tagged and you can get a thousand dollars for catching for handing back one of these one of these yeah. marked fish so what better way I mean that's that's great conservation in my opinion I, I don't disagree let's um, save a species by paying you to keep another one let's see if that works that should work okay I'm gonna end the Facebook live I'm just gonna fucking get out of Facebook We'll keep the Lula going. It might die, but we'll see. Now we go over here to Zoom. And we're going to go more. We're going to go live on the book face. And then that's going to go back over here. We got a lot of shit going on right now. I am trying to do fucking. You are being a savant in the fucking yeah, technology no. right here. So, yeah, Idaho is definitely a place I want to go back to and, like, have fun. Yeah. Like... I just want to go to the West. Yeah. Again. Out West is amazing. Like... Like, I like Maine. Mm-hmm. And I like New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. But... There's just something about the West... I don't disagree. All right. All right. I think we're live. We're live on Facebook again. Maybe. Yeah. Sure. Fuck it. Has it shut down on my my side? All right. Well, we'll start. We'll we'll keep the recording go. Whoa! What the fuck just happened there? Um. <clears throat> we'll wait for Matt. See if he shows up. What up, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Huey can't Hi. see you. This is kind of fucked up, but I'm gonna try and turn this so Huey can see you. I've never even I've never even seen the man. There he is. There he he is. can see you. What's up, pal? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? All thumbs way up. <laughs> so no, uh, no market today for the mushrooms. Yeah. Four Wednesdays a year that I don't have a market, and this is one of them. I get two of them in the spring, two of them in the fall. God damn. All right. So you're selling mushrooms. That man smoking a pipe? It's it's a pipe, yes. Like an actual like an actual pipe, like Sherlock Holmes? It's no, de- definitely a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so break down the mushroom business for me how does this work how do you 
there are all kinds of different ways to grow mushrooms. Basically, they're nature's recyclers. You know, uh, everything that is dead around us would just be stacked up everywhere if it wasn't for mushrooms. They're constantly rotting everything and, you know, everything from fallen leaves and trees and sawdust and straw and you name it, uh, dead grass, dead things. So it's pretty easy business because they want to eat everything anyway. So all you really, it's more like zoology than plants. So it's yeah. not like hardening so much as a zoology. Each one kind of has its little quirks and little ins and outs. But for the most part, I just, I wrangle a bunch of mushrooms and I, uh, a log is basically like a habitat for them, so to speak. And so I introduce yeah. them to their habitat and make sure that they're thriving there. And the end result is I get mushrooms in the end. And then I have to connect those mushrooms to the consumer. And people um, love that shit. Yep. Some people yeah. do. Some people absolutely fucking hate mushrooms because they <laughs> grew up on them and they're slimy or whatever. My dad hates mushrooms, man. So yeah, I don't really like them. He likes morels, but that's it. So what is the big deal about the morel mushroom? I have no idea. It's elusive. It tastes like the finest beef in the world. Uh, incredibly earthy. So it, it has that intense umami flavor mushrooms are umami you know it's one of the five basic flavors sweet sour salty uh whatever the savory and then umami umami is the fifth flavor that's the earthy flavor that you get so everything from steak to hell i don't i mean you, uh cheese and so on and so forth those are umami notes uh so that's what uh you you get mushrooms probably the most umami of all umami things uh, so people who are really into that flavor profile, some people like sweets, some people like savory, some people like salty, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're really into the umami profile, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a wonderful thing. Plus, they're incredibly fucking good for you. So that's awesome, too. Right. And I know they're really good for you. And I but, honestly, until the day we hung out and I sold mushrooms with you for fucking eight hours and just got hammered drunk. It was great. It was a great day. Green Bay, man. Yeah. Love, you know? Yeah. As drunk as cities. Um, I, so I've been trying to be more outgoing with, I will only eat cooked mushrooms. My wife can sit there and eat oh. a mushroom like a fucking savage. Just so what you should look at is number one, where did the mushroom come from when it comes to raw mushrooms? If it's a wild mushroom, Giardia, E. coli, those things exist in our ecosystem. You guys were talking about deer eating them earlier. That's yeah. dead on. All kinds of animals do. Well, those animals don't pick a spot to take a shit. They just do it, right? And so right. if they're eating something, they're taking a shit there too, man. So think about that. Number two, if it was cultivated indoors, that's one thing. But mushrooms are pure fiber, Right. Uh, and some of them, like uh, the white buttons in the grocery store and a couple others, contain uh, chemicals in them that are cancer-causing when consumed in raw. But when you cook them, those cancer-causing chemicals volatize out in the vapor and are perfectly harmless. The false morel, right, uh, in particular, is a very good case of this. Uh, allegedly, the white buttons are the same way. They have a compound in them known as agaritine which is basically a monomethyl hydrazine, a rocket fuel of sorts, uh, similar to the false morel. And when you cook it, it comes out in vapor. Rocket fuel. Yeah, not the good kind, though. The kind that gives you uh, glow-in-the-dark superpowers. Oh, uh, cool. Well, I mean, I kind of already have those. I do work at a nuclear plant, so. Well, that's what happens when you trust government. Your dick grows in the dark. <laughs> uh, so have you ever sold mushrooms to a person 
at a farmer's market and then had them come back the following week and been like, these didn't even get me high. These suck. I actually had the inverse happen where somebody <laughs> came back and was like, I got so high, you know? And I was like, well, you owe me another 35 fucking dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you bought that for how much? Yeah, no, no, not same price this week. Sorry. I remember you. I'm watching you. <laughs> so where did you, where did the love of the mushroom growing come from? Uh, well, I'm a farm kid, right? So I don't care what kind of farm kid you are. There's a fair chance that if you grow up on a farm as a farm kid, with them telling you to do everything but become a farmer, you're going to become a farmer. Today's day... In the world we live in, there is ever there, there's forty thousand new produce farms that start a year, and forty or thirty-nine thousand nine hundred of them are doomed to fail in the first year or two. Right? Yeah. There's always somebody looking to get into the produce game. I've got too many zucchini, you know how it goes. Teach a man to, to fish and he eats for a lifetime. You teach a person how to grow zucchini and the whole fucking uh, neighborhood gets free zucchini. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. So uh livestock agriculture if you don't you know you're not uh producing the food from start to finish you know growing your own grains grinding them if you're not growing the hogs or the the, the cattle etc whatever it is if you're not doing it all start to finish there's a fair chance that you're not going to make a dollar at it and it's damn hard to make a dollar at that these days anyway yeah um, but mushroom farming is really uh i mean i'm i'm in like eight years into it now but it's really in the last seven years took the hell off and it seems like there's a new mushroom farm trying to pop up you know my backyard every year now uh versus whenever i started there was nobody up here oh and that's the like it amazed me how far you drive for farmers markets but i understand like you're driving to bigger markets i mean i know you could vendor i'm going to markets where there's 10 or fifteen thousand people not a thousand or fifteen hundred, you know, right? I, because I grow on the and the windows we have and everything else, I've got to go to a city. I cannot make my living here. I have right. to travel, and I only go a hundred miles north and a hundred miles south. That's two hundred mile, you know, uh, run in between there, and that's a lot of distance. Yeah, especially dodging deer and moose and everything else, you know. Yeah, especially after the end of a fucking. Nice long afternoon drinking beers and hanging uh, out. That's a dangerous one. I've got to watch my alcohol and take. Yeah. I've got a hundred mile drive, and I know the cops aren't cool until the last thirty. Right. That's. I mean, because when I after coming out and hanging out with you, it was like looking at like around here because we've got a ton of little farmers markets. I mean, it's all the rage now is buy local, and you know, I, and I. Our nation badly needs new farmers. Uh, yeah. The average age of a farmer is 65 to 70. I mean, that's retirement age, death age almost even, you know. Um, our, we, there's a lot of barriers to entry. I did this all by my bootstraps. I, I sold my whitewater rafting company and built this all from scratch. You know, this is my entire life savings. And I, I sold my rafting company just to get the fuck out because it was a toxic relationship with my ex-partner. Uh, and so I did it for pennies on the dollar. So I, I badly underfunded this thing from the start and just bootstrapped it all along the way and built it as I go. Not sure I can do it again like that because there's so much competition now. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, I mean, but it can be highly profitable if you can establish a good niche and get a good name out there. We, we, I, I pair with like the local TV, uh, outdoor shows and, 
it's actually, believe it or not, uh, the episodes we do with foraging are their most viewed and most popular, uh, you know, shows uh, over fishing and hunting that they do and everything else. That's pretty cool. And that's one of the things that I, I appreciated about you and coming back and looking at some of the farmer's markets around here and just the, the lack of, and it's not even salesmanship, but it's knowledge sharing that you do at a market is just incredible. It was one right. of the things that I thought was really awesome that you did was like, Hey, here's all this knowledge you can have about this mushroom. I don't give a fuck if you buy it or not. I'm going to talk about it because I fucking love it. And right. whether it you want to do it or not. Conversation with one person, three more will stop and listen. Yep. Maybe it translates to a sale today. Maybe it doesn't, but I bet it will somewhere down the road. And if it doesn't, at least I did something with my time than sitting back there playing with my fucking phone. I've got rules for markets. I don't sit down. I don't look at my phone. You know, there's, there's, I'm engaging. I'm, I'm trying to make eye contact and say hi and then no yeah. pressure, no sales kind of way. You know, it's, uh, we're just, we're friendly and available. If whatever you want to know, we're going to cough it up and do our best because that's it's, what my local is about is connecting you with your farm and your food. Who is your farmer? Where did that food come from? Did you know where that farm is? That's what this is all about. Yep. Um, and so that's what we're, you know, we're providing is, you know, an open door to a farm. It's, it's easy to sell something too when you, when you're, when you stand behind it and when you believe in it. Right. Well, I mean, if you grow it from scratch, I literally, I was texting you guys this earlier, you know, I'm a logger, basically, you know, a lot of log grown mushrooms going on here. I'm hand harvesting 20 cords right now of uh, sugar maple and oak that uh, cut into 40 inch lengths. So I get about 20 units out of a, a tree. I do fittings for the USDA office here. They connect me with small acreage holders, like 10 to 10 acres, five acres. A logger won't mess with you if you're anything under 40 really here. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I'll go in and I'll take out a generation, an intermediate generation. What you're left with is a nice, developed, mature stand on one side and a young generation in between uh, coming up, you know, and I take out the stuff that's, I don't know, 10 inches on the stump at chest high, you know, a foot uh, at the most, uh, maybe down to six inches, right? And so I take that generation out. And you're left with the beautiful open forest, less disease problems. And I'll take bigger stuff if it has cat's paws or sisters or whatever it may be, you know. Um, so I do that. That's good public relations. But then I have to transport those logs back. I have a window of time when I can and cannot cut these live healthy trees uh, to do this. And then I have to drill 50 holes in each fucking 40 inch piece <laughs> of mushroom. And then wax those goddamn holes, stick it in the woods, make sure it gets enough water and moving around three more times because it's never once. Yeah. So, uh, it's a lot of work for whatever it's worth. And then that's just one of the techniques we employ. I grow indoors year round and outdoors seasonally using other methods and just go crazy. I've got a narrow window of time to make my money for the year, even though we have the year round farm store and we have a couple year round markets, three quarters of our income is in, you know, 150 days. Yep. That's crazy. I, I I mean it's 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 cool because it, it I mean you could tell me you were selling fucking handmade shoestrings, but it's just because you're passionate about it, it makes it even cooler. Yeah, I mean it's for me it's not hard to believe in the product because the, the product allows me to live a life that's uh, 
you know, I'm a retired whitewater guy, uh, 15 years, traveled the U.S. and the world uh, doing that, you know, all over, all over. I lived out west, up north, down south, back east, you name it, uh, you know, doing stuff winter, spring, summer, and fall as an adventure sports guide. And I, uh, I passed up a really bright future in that industry to begin my own company, sold it, started the farm. Uh, so this is, and, and uh, to, to that credit, my wife is, uh, you know, been stably employed to allow this flux for <laughs> uh, why, you know, I was in transition, but also I was stay home dad. I raised all my kids on the hip uh, here at the farm. My oldest is six. Uh, my youngest is 18 months. So it's, I mean, it's been hard fought too, you know, with the three kids in the mix. We don't have a family member for 500 miles. Yeah. So it's just us. We don't have friends to watch kids. We haven't had a babysitter in four years. Yeah. Uh, or three years, you know, so it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's been a labor of love. It's a full-time lifestyle thing, but this, uh, this lifestyle, you know, I mean, I, I'm not in a cubicle. I'm not sitting behind a desk. Uh, there's well, a lot it, to be said for that, man. I may be the last generation that gets to literally not look at their fucking phone all day. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things too, where it's like, you don't just, it, I, I mean, it's not like that some farming can be very repetitive, but at least like you're going out, okay, you can, you can go log today and then tomorrow you can just right. go. I would say know. it's not repetitive. It's cyclical. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of stuff I do on an annual basis or, you know, monthly or whatever, but it's, it's not definitely not repetitive. It's never a dull moment. Uh, that's for damn sure. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm farming my heart out right now, but it, it looks like, see behind us it's starting to green up here it's more else season or about to be which means i'm going to be in the woods doing wild harvested foods for a month you know so i'm literally going to set my chainsaw down and not pick it up for a month yeah and i have uh, a 45 to 55 day window to get a lot of stuff done uh until it becomes the what, the, the home stretch so to speak where we really have all our wild mushrooms kicking off from uh, you know, first August on the freeze up, it's just bananas with wild mushrooms. So I'm foraging like four days a week and going to markets four days a week and the farm stores open four days a week. It's, it's insane. Uh, and then all at once I'm timing it. It's got a, I can't He's imagine. A busy man. He's very busy. All for yeah. mushrooms. Well, I always wondered, you know, have my fungal overlords, employed me or am i using them yeah because yeah. I, I mean that's a lot of so how when you wild forage how how many acres are you wild foraging because i mean thousands and thousands and i was gonna thousands. say if you look on the map where i live you know i'm in the middle of bfe it's all green around me it's yeah national forest and state forest and uh, county owned and there's giant timber farms here. I mean, timber corporations own uh, almost a third of our county. The rest is, uh, we have the smallest tax base in the entire state of Wisconsin in our county because it's all federal, state, or giant corporate timberland. It's, it's insane how underfunded our county is because of it. Um, for whatever it's worth, but I have to live here to do this. You know, right. uh, if I didn't, then I'd it, it, for as much volume as we do, it would be damn tough. But I'm getting more into the brokerage 
thing more and more too, educating the public and getting them to do, you know, them to go pick and I'll buy them from. Right. But I prefer to go find them myself. I mean, that's a hundred percent, you know, of the money. So. Right. And that's also too, where you're sitting there going, all right, you know, I busted my ass. Yeah. It's not so bad to go through hell for this little bit of heaven right here. Yeah. Go walk around the woods and spend a day. But when I go out there, man, I'm not going out with a little fucking dainty ass basket or some bullshit mesh bag. I've got a five gallon bucket in each hand and I've got a backpack full of mesh bags that go inside these things. And I fill up a five gallon bucket and I stash that mesh bag and I fill up another one. And then I do it again and again. And at the end of the day, I've got a five mile walk to the fucking truck with, uh, <laughs> with like 400 fucking pounds of mushrooms that I'm trying not to destroy. Yeah. Oh, you know, and it ain't, I don't go places where there's paths, there's deer trails and bear trails. You know, it's, it, it has its ups and downs, man, but it is not for everyone. Not at this scale anyway. Right. And I mean, especially if you're trying to make all you can in the 160 days, you're, you got to get in there and you got to hammer, hammer. Yeah. If you get cut it down to brass tacos, I mean, it's really about uh, 70 days of wild foraging season, maybe 80 that I have to make all my money off the fat of the land with regards to that. Yeah. And then everything else you're doing blood, sweat and tears to grow at your own place and and whether it's indoors or outdoors. You've got it. It's not for the There's thing of heart, man. Here, though, I get to go salmon fishing and shit, you know, and go sit out in the deer stand. That kind of makes it worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. So where are you from, Wisconsin, originally? No. <laughs> I was, I was kind of guessing. Potto- my dad's Pottawatomi and white. He's uh, from the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Pottawatomi being a tribe. Uh, we have, uh, we're Nishnayabe or Nishnayabek, the original peoples. Um Chippewa or Ajawa, uh, the Ottawa and the Potawatomi or Bodewatomi, as we call ourselves, are all one big family with a council of three fires. Then my mom's Cracker, who has the thing for dark men, um, <laughs> and she's from Kentuckiana, right on the Ohio River outside of Evansville. Both my family races, both sides of my family raced harness horses. My mom's family owned one of the original five harness racing horses. Um, or standard breads and uh, my mom's family also is former triple crown winners uh, or not triple crown winners but triple crown contenders in harness racing um, anyway they, they met at a horse track you know and uh, my mom was 16 my dad was 20 something and next thing you know my little bastard ass is in the world <laughs> and uh, I grew up my mom's family has greenhouses and farm I mean they farm too you know yeah, so I grew up there, and then my dad's family. Whenever I met them, they farm and just farm kid, you know. Uh, and then my buddy died when we were eighteen. My best friend, and uh, he was wild as shit, man. And I was kind of, to be honest with you, I was going to be fine with being a, a farmer and cabinet maker because that's where my life was headed. I'm a cabinet maker by trade uh, in Kentucky, and never going anywhere. And, when he died, I don't know what it was. Something got into me, and I just got an adventure bug. And next thing you know, I'm running from the cops as an adventure sports guide. Shit gets fun from there. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great place to hide. I was literally running from the cops whenever I uh, became a whitewater guide. So that yeah. goes back to your different kinds of whitewater guides in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there are. There's a few different kinds. 
Because I've got buddy. I, I hit out. Not a small town cop had a hard on for me. I fucking hate cops uh, for this reason. This dude harassed the shit out of me. I wish I could go back in time, punch him square in the fucking mouth. It'd been worth it, right? Um, anyway, ten thousand dollars later, in two years on the run later, I finally got all squared up. Went into the courthouse. A wanted man walked out of there for three ninety free, and uh, you know, basically it was like, "Fuck this place. I'm never coming back." And, if I win, I think I don't know. I think everyone has. Well, maybe not. Everyone that I know has had that little run-in with a cop with a hard on on, especially coming out of high school between the ages of probably seventeen to twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, so what it was is I grew up in the meth capital of the world, um, and during the height of the meth war, Mexico, as I call it. Um, I'm part Mexican once removed by my mom's side. Um, long story short, man, this is, a, you know, you, you, you listen to Todd McComas. This is during the days that he was running and gunning on the other side of the law, man. Everybody was shaking and baking yeah. and, you know, doing it for profit or they were strung the fuck out. I just watched everyone torch their fucking lives around me. And, uh, uh luckily I have a motor. I am wired for fucking sound naturally. So I don't want to go fast. I need to slow down. Yeah. So that's why I smoke pot, you know. Uh, but these cops had a hard on for me. They were trying to catch me, you know, thinking that I was guilty of what everyone else was doing. Um, and I wasn't. And so I got pulled over three times for a dirty license plate. And I ran dogs through my fucking car and everything all three times. Uh, and wrote me citations for a dirty license plate. Brother, I've been on a gravel road. There wasn't no mud on it. There was a frosting of fucking uh, gravel dust. That was it. Um, long story short, they got my license pool. I was cabinet maker. I'm, you know, going back and forth to work uh, in the summers when I'm not at college. Uh, I had to I had to drive. I didn't have a support system where they could help me like that. My parents were all into drugs and shit. Yeah. Um, everybody was. They were all fucking in and out of court and rehab and jail and, you know, uh, so as all this is going on around me, I'm trying to cut the mustard through the world, honestly, and getting fucked by the stupid ass old cop for nothing, man, you know, literally for nothing. And uh, they, they fucked my life up good. They got my license suspended. And then uh, I kept driving because I'm a fucking idiot and I had to work. And uh, they caught me again and then they caught me again and then they caught me again. And that third time I got caught, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Um, and so I did. I, I, you know, the internet was a new thing at the time. I didn't know you could use it for stuff other than porn. Uh, <laughs> wait, you can? Wait, you can still? Yeah, yeah I know, right? Uh, you still can, apparently. Um, and so I jumped on the porn rocks after I put the burrito in it and typed some shit in the search bar and uh, found this website called coolworks.com, this random fucking site for like adventure sports community and all kinds of like service you know, community jobs, ranches and whitewater guides and fucking uh, tour boats in fucking Alaska or whatever. There's all kinds of jobs like that on there. Yeah. I started applying and lo and behold, this company in Tennessee, North Carolina wanted me pretty good. They had a kitchen and I'd worked in a few kitchens as well. I always had two or three jobs. And uh, so I got my foot in the door with kitchen experience and uh, I've been paddling my whole life. I love fishing and canoeing uh my uncle yeah my mom's brother he wasn't wrapped up in any bullshit that was one of my saving graces was you know he just took me fishing all the time when we were kids and even as teenagers and 
so when I got old enough, I got a canoe put on top of my Jeep Grand Wagoneer. And I was always out fishing and paddling by myself and shit. And uh, they kept fucking with me. So I've uh, come to find out when I reported for whitewater guide training that I was a better paddler than most of the motherfuckers have been doing it for years. <laughs> uh, and then, I, you know, I'm Indian, so I can't be shown up by any white people. Uh, and I, I was actually really good at it. Uh, really, really good um, as a whitewater guide. I'd only flipped five times in 15 years. Um, never had a major accident or injury in my boat um led led trips i mean a year into it i was trip leader never looked back 14 years led trips and only lost one person as a result of you know only led uh 14 years of leading trips only had one person never come back with us that's pretty fucking awesome and uh especially on the rivers i guided on i was class five guide yeah so i'm pretty proud of that that's fucking crazy yeah it's just dude i hate swimming in white water i'm good at it but it fucking hurts. I always seem to hit my tailbone and that shit really, or my shins and that shit fucking sucks. So I became really good as a guide because I didn't like to swim very much. Yeah. Rocks are hard. Yeah. But, water uh, rocks plus downhill. Yeah. Not cool, <laughs> not cool if you're the, the thing that's taking the brunt of the force, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It's much easier to have the little thing that's filled with air and it's rubber hit the rock than, than your shin. Well, even better. Head drive the fucking thing around it because you're a jedi and you can do that that's true yeah maybe throw a few other people out just so they have a good story and tip well at the end but not me well we did i've done a few guided tours at this point i'd just rather fish those fucking rivers and i yeah. really wish they'd cut down the fucking releases so it wouldn't fuck up my fishing the whole fucking time it's I'm a up hard there. game man whitewater brings a ton of money into the community and those people are in those communities to spend a lot of money staying and playing fishermen i mean you guys uh you know the each boat that goes down the river has a dollar value assigned to it oh $50 yeah ahead a boat of let's say eight on the whitewater, right? You know, that's $400. You can, in some rivers, you can push those down two, three, four times in a day, depending on the river versus the fishing boats, $400, you know, for the, the same $400. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a volume game and then, you know, more people in, but the other guys that are there to fish, they're, you know, they're in the area for different reasons. It's, it's yeah. hard to, to, to balance that multi-purpose use. And then, at the same time, you know, it's uh, whitewater. They're not trespassing on the side of the river. Uh, right. you know, with fishing, sometimes you get that. So it, there's a, this is a hot button issue on every river across the country. Uh, fishermen carry guns for snakes. They call them snake guns. We call them rafting guns. So why rafters don't say hi to fishermen. Right? <laughs> well, and I, I, yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of the problem, though, is is you do have such a diverse group and I mean, for, for those communities resource. So it's, it's really, you know, it's on the etiquette of both guides to get the, the unschooled persons inside of that vessel to behave in in accordance with the river law. Right. And the river law is don't fuck with someone else's day. That's basically how long, long short of it is. If you ever out fishing on the side of the river, a good river guide will turn his back to you and engage the people away from you so that they don't even acknowledge that you're there. So you don't get interrupted because you have every right to be out there and enjoying the beauty and the majesty of the day, just like we do. So it's not your world, you know, Uh, it takes coexistence. 
Fishing brings a lot of dollars into river communities too. And there's a lot of fishing money in conservation and rafters know that. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that's always got me with like the hunting and fishing for conservation purposes. No one can touch what hunters and fishermen bring to the table dollar wise through licensing. Absolutely. Now, I mean, now, I mean, yes, the rafters are, are, they're more likely to really produce more money for the local economy because they're going to go out and get fucking hammered that night at the local bar, you know, more likely to eat out. Whereas they're not the, fishing for their dinner. So they're probably, exactly. gonna eat, yeah, shit like that, you know, go, go to the Hody and, you know, stay the night, hit up Denny's in the morning, whatever, go horseback riding in the next road over shit like that. Hey, you hit on something I wanted to kind of talk about. You were talking about, you know, fishing and hunting conservation dollars. So, yeah. uh, have you seen the thing I'm doing on, uh, with the elm trees? No. Oh, cool. So, uh, we've got hundreds of elm tree seedlings, American elms that are, um, Dutch elm resistant. I'm giving them away. Um, elms equal morels. We were talking about morels earlier. What yep. so it, part of that is the elusive, the elusiveness. Well, the elms are probably the principal host. They're gone. In most places, Dutch elm wiped them out. Luckily, we have tree science. I don't know if you ever heard of science or not, but those nerds came up with a whole bunch of science-y stuff that's uh, a pseudo-religious. I'm not sure how to get into it. Long story short, trees don't die no more. Uh, so I got these elms. And I'm, Did Fauci uh, come up with that? Way. Now, check this. More Americans hunt morels than hunt wild turkeys. I don't doubt that. But how much money, how much money is, it's America's most favorite popular outdoor activity uh, next to fishing is, is morel hunting. If you check it out for all Americans hold, huh. it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, it, especially in the Midwest, it's gangbusters in the Midwest. Um, but it, Mushroom hunting? Anyway, long yeah. story short, think of all the money that we spend on wild turkey conservation. Spend none on the same habitat conservation for wild turkeys. If we just plant elms in the fucking same habitat, it's turkey. It's uh, literally morel habitat. Turkeys and uh, wild, you know, you guys know a really good turkey spot when you see it. You know, it's going to be edge of a field. My driveway. Yeah. I got a fucking ton of turkeys in my driveway. Right on. They're everywhere here too, but since the wolves and the mountain lions are becoming more common, they're becoming less common because the elk haven't spread yet. No, see, what they've done here is they've eliminated the coyote pretty good, at least where we are. Here, the wolf got rid of all the coyotes, brother. Well, we don't have wolves here, thankfully, and we don't have mountain lions, at least down where we are. Yeah, there was one sighted a quarter mile away from the farm two days ago. We posted it. On, we shared the Facebook status from the person or whatever, but allegedly i don't I haven't seen any videos yeah yeah but, there's always a sighting around here but it tor- normally ends up being a fucking bobcat or, or a bear or a bear yeah. the amount of people around here that are like i saw a mountain lion and it's a fucking black bear well they've been catching them on the uh like i said you know the national forest all of our county is green uh they've been catching them on game cams uh more and more and more frequently here in the area but not this close to town not yeah. a quarter mile or less you know well, my buddy Kirk, who we talk about a lot, he he's he's got a bear in his backyard. He's got a lot of shit in his backyard, but he's got a good good turkey spot up there. Yeah, he's also got quill pigs. I see I see deer and bears. It's like man, 
you know, but I'll slow down for an elk or a moose, you know, or well, what's, yeah, what's that shit will fuck your day up. Yeah, you have no choice. What's the moose population like in Wisconsin? Uh, I don't know how this works exactly, but apparently with moose and wolves, uh, the population, like as one rises, so does the other. So it's kind of cool that they, you know, that's one of the, it's, it's interesting how it happens. Um, moose populations on the rise, elk populations on the rise here in Northern Wisconsin too. They're starting to spread further and further from their original ranges. That's good. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I I uh, got to hear them bugling last year. I heard it everywhere out west, but yeah, man, yeah. To, uh, to be out mushroom hunting and hear that sound and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, oh, you know. elk are wild, man. They're wicked cool. They're delicious. Oh yeah, they're the best eating wild game I've ever had. Yeah, well, I we mean, have a I've lot never... of bison farms in the area too, so I get a fair amount of bison in my diet now. A trade, I know you know bison farmers, so I trade them shit for mushrooms and buy yeah. you know. Well, we've got cows here, so it's easy to trade beef for bison if they're into that, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, the bison's delicious, but elk, brother, ooh, that's such good meat. Now, do you have you have cows and stuff on your farm as well? The neighbor does. The neighbor. Uh, our shared driveway, I I farm his pines, he my hay fields, his it's kind of yeah, I don't know, it's whatever. Uh, 10 years cooperation, two farmers, one farm. I farm the margins and the shady areas. Yeah. He farms the open field and the cattle field areas. Yeah. Okay. And it works out pretty well. I stayed the fuck out of his way. Yep. That's what we got. We got, we're the neighborhood egg hookup right now because I went a little psychopathic and ended up with 24 chickens down to 22 now. It's not bad. You'll have, I mean, it, you know, and it ebbs and flows. Uh, one of those birds gets murdered in front of the other ones. They'll all shut down production and, uh, egg egg business is a fun business to be in. Uh, I did it for 4-H as a kid, of course. And then it's easy. I had, I had 250 egg layers here um, before I switched over to just mushrooms. And then I would do a thousand meat birds a year and about 50 turkeys a year too. And I would raise them from Dale chicks and butcher them myself and everything. Yeah. We do. We just do the eggs and then we let nature take care of the thinning of the herd pretty much. It's been, it's worked out pretty good. We only have yeah. one chicken from our original six. Yeah. Well, they decline. I mean, it's uh, you only really get one to two years of good production. And oh, yeah. The number get a drop. So, you, I mean, so, Garrett, you can almost not blame me for your chicken habit. No, it's still your fucking problem. No, it's not. As soon as that last one's dead, it's not my problem anymore. That fucker will probably live forever. <laughs> you know how to, Garrett, have I told you how to tell if, if you find a bunch of eggs hidden or something, if you don't know how to tell if an egg's good or not, it's called a float test. Yeah, we did. We yeah. <laughs> we just found uh, 37 in uh we've got like this little decorative wishing well in front of our house. You got a broody hen. They're like, they're, they're, they like to hide those clutches. I bet you anything, if there's one, there's two more. Uh, Well, we found the one that was broody and it actually wasn't the one that was laying there. This one, it's just an asshole. It's a black chicken. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> it doesn't like to stay inside the pen. And it just comes out. And, like, it chills. Like, it's my homie. Like, we, we're we good. But she doesn't like to be in the pen. And she doesn't like to lay in the pen. And I had no fucking idea where she was going. And so I walked. You have a lone free ranger. Oh, yeah. Actually, there's two of them. Because there's yeah. another little. It's We call her Little Red. She gets the shit kicked out of her anytime she goes in with the rest of them. So she just jumps right out and says, fuck this, fuck this noise. 
Yeah, well, I mean, can you blame her? No, but I know where she's laying, and I I, I saw her go in and lay an egg, and I was like, all right, cool. I'll leave your little spot alone because I can easily get to this. This other one, I had no fucking clue what it was doing. And then out of nowhere, I walked by the little wishing well the other day and was I actually set tools down, and I looked in, and I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I moved to hay bale in the barn and found 50 eggs, you know? Yeah. And they're just, I throw them all in the pig pen at that point, you know, let the pigs fucking eat them. We cook them. Uh, Any of the bad ones, like if they're too, too, if they're not too bad, I'll just cook them up and fucking give them right back to them. They're little savages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pigs love eggs. You literally throw uh, the raw egg right on top of their food. You know, they just literally dump a five gallon bucket of eggs on top of some food and throw more food on top of it. Yeah. Sorry. So you're okay. I was reading about Dollar General. Oh yeah. So we have a local. Dude, we got a Dollar General. Like we have a saga going on. Yeah. It's so, right next to his work. So, yes, they want in your town. You guys don't want them there, and they're trying to backdoor through city council because that's uh, the no, right no. It's Every like, single person fucking quit the other day. Yeah, it's like they had. <laughs> yes. So we have do- we have a Dollar General right next to my shop, and. It's actually pretty convenient. Like if you're at work and you need staples sure. or something, so you just run over or there or whatever, or Doritos or like Mountain Dew, anything. Yeah, they. But so obviously, Dollar General is known for quantity, not quality, as far as employees go. <laughs> yeah, and they're not paying very high, so everybody but one person quit at the Elliott Dollar General, and they've had to like close the store early the past week because the guy just can't do it on his own and uh so at walmart gets a bad rap for treating their employees like shit that they've kind of had to uh man up with that with bad with public pressure recently what people don't understand is if you price out the dollar general stuff it's more expensive than walmart it's probably as expensive as going to the grocery store oh yeah the illusion of saving something is is all that it is secondly it's like it's quick trip you know what i mean exactly now yeah, you don't have to wait in line. They pay their employees the lowest of all commercial chains. Dollar stores, uh, Dollar General, Family Dollar, fucking minimum wage, no benefits unless you're a manager, right? Exactly. Well, and they had the one of the things was the manager was working like 70 something plus hours a week. Yeah, on because, salary for $400 a week, minimum, yeah. minimum salary. Exactly. Yeah. For, yeah, he's salaried at 40 hours, working 75. And, so I mean I get it to a point, but like they were putting signs up on the on the uh, on the door that said capitalism will kill this country. And ah! d- d- I'm like, this is th- I was like, that's, that's not that- how capitalism works. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been in the Home Depot recently, but it looks like inflation's going to kill this country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Inflation and not letting anything come back down from Canada. Fucking a lumber prices. Not that it's a recent thing. I mean, 1913, no. we could go into the Federal Reserve, you know, why Kennedy got killed. You guys know the deal, right? Long <laughs> story short, is, uh, it's, it's a fiat currency, and that's what's going to kill our country. But if you look at all the great civilizations, Rome, et cetera, it was really currency that drove most of their wars and also currency that led to their demise. Uh, what's the great quote? As soon as people uh, learn that they can uh vote themselves money from the treasury a nation is doomed yeah right well it's like someone 
someone actually I saw a post today was like, this is why I don't trust government. And it was a very typically left-leaning person. And I'm like, well, yeah, you look at every motherfucker that goes into government, you know. Well, it's it's not even that. It's not like there's one person to ostracize. There's no head to cut off of the snake. It's an allegiance to ideals and greed. Well, exactly. So, it's, it's, it is the government, and it's the government employees that sit there and go in go in without a pot to piss in and then they come out millionaires even i mean my grandpa always said if you put the u.s government in charge of the sahara desert there'd be a sand shortage in one week oh that man was a career career air force man back in a time period where people actually had faith in the government so what does that tell you well i mean it's true i mean you look at i mean even you know the the left lord and savior bernie sanders the dude's a millionaire. Well, yeah. With four houses. And it's like, well, how do you do that on your salary? Oh, because you're getting fucking greased. Oh, all right. So everyone's getting greased. And it's just who greases the most or the least. And it's it's like, um, well, I'll tell you what, I'll grease somebody if I can get a bass boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a boat for sale. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, we would all sell out so fucking fast if you oh, the Washington. Me and Garrett oh, yeah. talked about it. You know, we were we were joking around about sponsors for a podcast. We were shit talking like Husqvarna and you know and stuff like that. And then Garrett even said it. He's like, "But I'd sell my soul to the devil if they wanted to sponsor this podcast." Yeah, Husqvarna wants to come along and sponsor mainly machines. Guess what? All the steel fucking I've got, all that orange and white goes in the trash. I got a question for you here. Yeah. My uh, 180, my MS 180C, right? The yes. mini boss. All right. Um, after I run out of tank of fuel, right? Yeah. If I don't stop it at the first fucking sign of it going empty, and then I go to refill it, it's a fucking bitch to start, man. I gotta go full choke and then wait for it to die on its own, then move it to half choke, and then half the time it won't fucking fire, and I gotta go back down to full choke and. So it's almost it sounds like the pickup's bad. Off yeah. and the spark plug, plug out and took, you know, uh, sounds like it's like vapor locker or something. Yeah, it's it just I, it's not wanting to start in between tanks. Yeah. Um, make sure there's not like a kink in your line in the okay. tank in, in the in the line because some of those those are molded lines. So if they get tucked up somewhere in the tank, it will it may just be vapor locking it or something like that. So check that out. Uh, or it may just need new lines too. Also, there's an impulse line on those that come off. They go to the from like the crankcase to the to the carburetor, I believe. So that maybe have a tear in it or something like that, or the intake boot may have a tear in it. Check all that stuff. Those get dried out, cracked. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. That's a great saw. That's one of my favorites. Oh, I love it. I had a 14 inch bar on it forever, yep. and now I've got a 16 on it. But I float back and forth. It's uh, it's a fun little stack saw too for whatever it's worth. You know, yep. just hopping up on a log pile. Yeah. Especially I cut shit big. You know, I got a boiler. I'll throw a 30 inch piece in my boiler, no problem. Yeah. You know? uh, so. Yeah. That's the. I got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's that greed one. Yeah. We had this old. It wasn't a piece of shit, but we had this old saw that somebody traded in that was like spray painted green. But I take saw, it, no I, problem. I sold it to Garrett like ten years ago for fifty bucks. There's things still going. Thing still fucking I, runs like I, a top. Dude, I get so much shit from my Mickey Mouse saw, quote unquote, by all the guys with their fucking 
$2,000 Husqvarna's with hand heaters and everything. <laughs> fucking thing. But I work just as fast as them for the most part. And, uh, you know, I, I cut. I mean, I get respect from the loggers. They know how much I cut. I cut yeah. a lot of wood around here. Um, this year, I'm trying to get five trucks. So that's anywhere from 50 to 60 cords brought in just for mushroom logs, plus the 14 cords for firewood. Holy shit. That's a lot of wood to process, buddy. Fucking chainsaw, but it's for the better. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking work. (laughs) It pays. Yeah, no, exactly. I was telling my wife not too long ago, she was like, what kind of lawnmower are we going to have when we buy a house? I was like, I know enough fucking landscapers. I'm not going to mow my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) I just got a a free riding lawnmower. I've been push mowing two and a half acres of nothing but hill. Well, in my defense, it was self-propelled. Yeah. Um, Uh, but I've been push mowing the big sled hill and everything for years. And this buddy of mine felt bad for me and gave me a rider. That's kind of a, a little bit of a project, but I'm chugging along at it. I got it to run and drive. I just need to get it to cut now. Yep. Yeah. I've got a thousand of those. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, this is my, my workout. Plus it's how I also, now I got to, I got to deal with my family. (laughs) Yeah. Actually ignoring them and mowing the lawn. That's Who was I talking to? Oh, uh, well, Kirk, now, now Kirk. you just get more time to go mustard, mustard foraging. Kirk's got this. Kirk's got this new place up in the middle of fucking nowhere in Maine, <laughs> and he's got two and a half acres of field, and to, he's got a mow, and it's fucking wet. He got the tractor stuck, but he's like, man, I tell you what, I just go get on that tractor and I just go ride along and just mow. He's like, it's the most peace I've ever had in my life. Really? And I mean, he came from Baltimore, so I mean, come from. Gunshots to lawnmowers. Gunshots and crackheads to <laughs> rifle shots and turkeys. Yeah. And I hate my fucking grass. I absolutely despise it, but if I'm going to do it, it's going to look like a million bucks. Like, when I look at a lawnmower, like, I just think it work. Yeah. So, it gets tough for me. But I'm also, like, that guy that, you know, will be at a mall, and I'll hear a leaf blower running out in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, that's a Redbacks 8500. <laughs> I'm and like, it's missing. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's, it's fucking misfire. Definitely running lean, <laughs> cheap prick. And so it's I don't know. It's just one of those things. But I'm sure when I get my when I get a house someday, I probably will mow the lawn. Just yeah, I hope uh, someday soon to be able to have somebody else mow my lawn. I have two goals in life. Number one is to have a pair of uh, Adidas in every color uh, in my closet one day. <laughs> ever have to work on my own fucking cars or cut my own grass <laughs> and I, i'm not there I'm not um, no. i have two pairs of adidas <laughs> and i got a broken fucking truck <laughs> <laughs> a broken lawnmower a truck that's supposed to be four-wheel drive but it's two yeah. so, two it's out of four ain't bad no it's not i full send if i need it <laughs> you know um, oh well, it was good man, time. I appreciate but, uh, catching up with a lot you. Of people don't realize that it doesn't. The D with the circle around it isn't overdrive. It's oh damn. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh shit! Well, that thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah, you, buddy. Thanks for having me. You guys have a wonderful night. I appreciate the show. Um, I always do my best to give you guys a listen uh, in the car and shit. The kid that works for me actually likes your show, which is weird because he's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> well we're fucking idiots so so it's like (laughs) this is odd 
I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> I don't pay him well, but I let him listen to the fucking podcast for babe. Everything you just said was true. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing your podcast around here. Uh, Garrett, you're all right. You know, if you're ever in Green Bay again, obviously. Hey, uh, I'm trying to get out to the East Coast in the next year to see you guys and Steve the Pirate. Anytime, buddy. Absolutely, Come on out. Man. Yeah. Hey, you guys, uh, there's a mushroom company up your way called North Spore. You ever look up them up? No. I'll check them out. I'll see if I come up there. That's uh, one of the places on my list. I don't even know where the fuck it is in Maine. It's a small state. We'll find it. Yeah. It's only six and a half hours top to bottom. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, it was a backhanded compliment. It's about the size <laughs> of Wisconsin minus a little. North Spore is up in Westbrook. Westbrook. That's only like yeah, that's, an hour. That's not even an hour. Okay, yeah, so they have a pretty sweet social media presence, and they're always doing collaborative shit with other people and blah, blah, blah. So if I get the chance, if I get up that way, that's one of my destinations I want to hit up. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, the fucking mushroom guy down by us is just a fucking cock bag. If you got North Spore in your backyard, I would be willing to bet that they have a commanding presence in your area. You just got to seek them out, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, we have a real small farmer's market right down the road from us. Well, it hasn't been open for the past year, thanks, China. And uh, <laughs> so... About that being fucking crazy. I, there was a time during the last year where I drove to Green Bay and I only saw one, one, more, one other car other than me on the fucking 100-mile drive during lockdown going to a farmer's market. It was yeah. insane. Felt very post-apocalyptic. Dude, it was like that last summer here because Canada was shut down. So, I mean, we're a huge tourist town. They yeah. fucking closed down from Massachusetts, wouldn't let Mass into Maine. And so we're just sitting here. I mean, it was a fucking phenomenal summer for me because that meant no fucking tourists. And my life doesn't depend on tourism, which is great. Um, other people's around and friends of mine, they do. And they suffered fucking greatly. Um and we did okay with the local food thing, you know, that definitely carried our way. We have a lot of loyal customers, but at the same time, it's a tourism area. Yeah. You know? I mean, we could have, I could have cleaned up on chickens alone and probably made just as much money just selling eggs because people in the middle of the pandemic were so fucked. I mean, the chicken days at fucking the Agway was insane. So much they don't even do it anymore. Yeah. We, we farmed it out yeah. just because. We don't want to deal with the nonsense anymore. <laughs> a lot to be said for not dealing with bullshit. Especially yeah. chicken people. Chicken yeah. people are fucking insane. The internet ruined raising chickens. <laughs> because it, it was just so easy. Expert now. Exactly. Now they're like, my chicken missing a feather. What do I do? I don't put it in a pot. Fuck. Yeah. I love it when people get new chickens and they're trying to chase them into the fucking coop and shit. And it's just like, just leave the door open. They'll go in at sunset. Yeah, exactly. Either they will or they won't last till fucking sunrise. So fucking nature's a wonderful bitch. A buddy of mine has got a rooster. and His old lady won't let him kill it. So he's like, oh, uh, let me guess. So it keeps jumping up and attacking them and they keep fighting it to make it worse too. No, they don't. They even gave up on that. They so, start cuddling it yet? You no, know how they, they they just let it. They just let it go. They let it out of the coop. It doesn't go back in, and it just that thing's fucking lived for two weeks outside. So, yeah, the trick to aggressive roosters is not to fight them because they want to fight. I used to grab my hat and fight roosters as a kid, and I still do it for fun. You know, chicken yeah. fight them. 
Um, but that makes it worse. If you want a rooster to not attack you, you actually have the same thing works with Canada geese. Okay? You got an aggressive Canada goose going after you while you're fishing it, uh, while you're fishing, grab that motherfucker by its head, right behind its head on its long ass neck, and then slide your arm down its body and cuddle it. The geese and roosters hate cuddling. They're absolutely terrified of it. It's the worst thing in the fucking world to them. They think you're about to eat them. So when you put them down, they flee from you, and they don't want to be around you anymore because you cuddle. I mean, if you come up and grab me by the back of the neck and then slide your hand all the way down, I'm I'm not going to be super stoked either. But yeah. I mean, yeah. and if I, and if, I <laughs> if I'm that close to a Canada goose and I'm near water, I'm grabbing its head and holding it under. <laughs> Pretty sure that's felony. No, no, not if it's in season. That's the only time I'd be close to a goose. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you have to shoot him, not drown him. There's a might be a loophole there, though. I do have a little. He was attacking me. I've got a device for those. for masturbation, drowning your goose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Head stick it underwater. Yeah, you... bad. Oh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Great to catch up with you, bro. Thanks for having me on, eh? Yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. All right, later. All right, see.